Yes, good morning. The Step In campaign is an exciting thing. We are moving toward the Regency Movie Theater. Quick little update. Uh, we have kind of reached terms of negotiation for the purchase of that movie theater, uh, as I may have told you. Now we're just finalizing the details of the parking structure, because that parking structure serves the office tower and other retail and things like that. So if you would just continue to pray with us that God would smooth that path and make this possible in a speedy manner, we're shooting for first quarter of next year to be in this new space. It'll be a big, big deal. Uh, so if you're not yet familiar with the Step In campaign or you're not yet participating in any way, please do. Uh, you'll get a lot more information in September as we will be like doing some walkthroughs and we'll be doing some like a dinner over there, different, different things just so that you can start to visualize, feel, see uh, the future of our church. And so that is coming. Uh, right now, what we just I need to make you aware of is this week is the end of our fiscal year uh, in terms of our normal church budgeting. So we budget through June 30th, and then our budget starts over again in the new year. So this is the last Sunday to contribute to, uh, to re we, we've already reached our budget, just so you know, because of your generosity. Uh, but we're not only thinking about our church right here, right now, we're thinking of the church that we're becoming and the church that we will be, and the church in this new space, and, and all that we can do as God keeps bringing incredible people, as lives keep changing, as you keep growing, as you keep making an impact. So uh, please con contribute with that in mind. If you are someone who's already incredibly generous, we are grateful. Uh, if you are someone who is, is someone who gives, uh, perhaps consider just what God might invite you to do uh, above and beyond that. And if you're someone here who has yet to give, you are still welcome here. We love you. Would you consider contributing to all that God is doing in this church as we go to the next level? Because it's fun and exciting, and I want you to be a part of it. And where your treasure is, your heart follows. Uh, and it's a great way for you to tangibly trust God. We reach a cap in our lives when we can't yet trust God with our finances. And so um, you know, that's just the bottom line. That's what we care about. Um, so that's that. My name is Caleb Anderson. If we haven't met, I look forward to meeting you. I'm the lead pastor here, and we're in a series right now called Listen. Listen. Amid all the chaos in our world, all the noise, the pace at which we live, listen. We want to pay attention to what God might be saying to us. And as we've been talking about, it's not a question of whether or not God speaks. It's not a question of whether or not he speaks to you. Even if you don't believe it yet, God is speaking to you all the time. The question is, are we listening? And so we've been in this series the last several weeks. If you've missed any of them, you can catch up easily online or subscribe to the podcast. Uh, today, we're talking about what it means to listen to God through other people. In fact, through wise counsel. Listening is a difficult thing, especially when it comes to listening to other people, because uh, we don't want to a lot of times. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you, did you know that you can communicate, you speak at 250 words a minute, but you can listen at 350? So that means when you're listening to me talk, you're already ahead, because you can listen, fa listen faster than I can speak. And so you might get distracted, you might be on to the next thing, and Caleb, get to that point, because I got to, right? Because we listen faster than we uh, that faster than we can talk, and so it's easy to get distracted. Some of us have a difficulty listening just because you don't want to hear what this person has to say. Like, I, I already know what's going to come out of your mouth. I don't want to hear it. I've moved on to what I'm going to eat for lunch, you know? Listening 
is a challenge for all of us, especially the pace at which we live in this world. And yet there are times, aren't there, when we need to listen? When you actually want to listen? When you'll pay someone cash money just to listen to and have them help you? A life coach, a, a, a professional coach, a counselor, you're just like, I need help. Quick, some, I'll shut up for a minute and you tell me something wise. We've all been there. There are these times when we're just desperate to hear because we don't know what to do. And is it possible, would you consider, the fact that if God wanted to speak to you about your life, about the situation you find yourself in, that, that you would want to hear about that? You would want to hear from God. The question is, are you open to hearing from God through other people? Because that's sometimes how he speaks Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of the fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. In other words, smart people listen to other smart people, and they receive advice. Now, we're going to look at an Old Testament story today uh, about receiving and rejecting advice. Uh, to set it up, we're going we're gonna to talk about a king today, and so I want to tell you a little bit about kings in the Old Testament of the Bible. There, were, there was a time when the people of Israel, the Jewish nation, they were considered God's people. God said, These, this is the people that I'm going to bless, and you are going to be a, a light to the rest of the people. Like, you're, you're special, and you have a role to play, and, I, and, and I'm going to bless the world through you. But these people looked at other nations, and they thought, hey, I kind of like the way that these other nations are organizing. They have this hierarchy of structure, and they have these leaders, and they have these people called kings. We want a king. We want a king because it'll make us feel more powerful. What are we going to do if one of these other nations comes against us, and we don't have a king to organize us and to be strong and to be out in front? They all have kings. And so they went to God, and they were like, God, we want a king. And God's like, I kind of had hoped to be your king, you know? Like, I, I'm talking to you pretty directly. Uh, we're, I'm leading you. Everything's going to be okay. And they're like, no, 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 no. We, we can't really see you, and so we want a king that we can see. And so God gave them leadership in that way. They, he gave them a king named Saul. And Saul was okay for a while, but then he got sideways, and, and things were going as well. And so David later then became king. David's the most famous king. You've heard of King David. David who killed Goliath, that whole David. Uh, and he was a great king, and he, the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. But even David wasn't perfect, and you know why? Because absolute power corrupts absolutely. When you're, when you're alone at the top, you're going to get screwed up. We need wise counselors. We need accountability around us because we can't handle that much power. And so every king has made bad decisions. Every king has gotten screwed up when it goes to their head and they're just the ultimate authority. And it happened to David too. David's son, Solomon, is the king next. He's considered the wisest man ever to have lived. If you've ever read a, a, a proverb, most of them were written by Solomon. He also wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Fascinating. When you look at his writings, you're just like, dang, this guy knew some stuff. This is thousands of years ago, and yet it's relating to me right now. I'm going to follow this advice. I mean, just an incredibly wise man. And under the reign of those three kings, Israel did pretty well. They grew and they expanded and they, were, they had wealth and prosperity and things were good. But it was after Solomon died that things got ugly. Solomon had tons of wives, tons of concubines. 
And he only had one son, we think. And so this one son was not somehow, even though his dad was the wisest man in the world, he was not himself wise. And what we're going to see in this story is that he makes a really bad decision that has a tremendous impact on the future of this Jewish nation. And even though, even though this guy, this kid, Solomon's son, was watched his dad, was around his dad's advisors, read some of his proverbs, you know, had at his disposal all this wisdom. He, it, it didn't sink in for him. He didn't take it. He didn't receive it. He chose not to be wise himself. A couple of things about wisdom to consider. Wisdom is a choice. You have to choose to be wise. Some people think that experience make you, makes you wise. It doesn't. Experience does not make you wise. Learning from experiences, choosing to learn from experiences makes you wise. And even wiser still is the person who learns from the experiences of others. So you don't have to make the same stupid decisions and have the same disasters happen. Real wisdom is learning from the experiences of others. So wisdom is a choice. Wisdom must be sought. You have to seek it out. You have to want it. You have to look for it. And then lastly, wisdom is from God. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Let me ask you, could you use wisdom today? Could you use wisdom in some area of your life? Are you wrestling with anything? Are you struggling with anything? you have a big decision to make? Are you at a fork in the road? Maybe you have a significant life change ahead and you could just use some wise counsel. You could use some wisdom. Maybe you're being forced to make some difficult decisions. You wouldn't if you didn't have to, but it's kind of being forced upon you and now you're just like, oh, God, give me wisdom. Maybe life just feels so complex and you don't know what the future holds. And you don't know how the decisions that you're making today are going to impact your life and your future family and all these things down the road. And you think, I could use, I could use some wisdom in this season. We're going to look to this story and we're going to ask God to speak to us and to give us wisdom. The story we're going to read is in the book of 1 Kings chapter 12. I described the scenario with all these kings so far. And now we're at a, we're at a hinge moment when the story that's about to unfold, what's going to happen is the kingdom of Israel is going to be divided into two. This is a big, big deal. There's going to be rebellion. There's going to be civil war and mass chaos. And it all hinges on this story that we are about to read right now. Solomon, his son, his name's Rehoboam. It's Rehoboam that Solomon appoints to be the next king. We'll just call him Reh. And Ray, as I said, fell a little bit further from the tree, did not have his dad's same wisdom. But he finds himself thrust in this position of being appointed as king. And here's the first major decision that he has to make. A bunch of the people come to him, and in verse 4 it says, Your father put a heavy burden or a heavy yoke on us. Talking to Ray, the king. But now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you, King Ray. 
Solomon, your dad, it was, it was rough. I mean, yeah, sure, there was prosperity, there was progress, all these, all these cool things happened, but man, he had us under his thumb. We were working hard around the clock, lots of sacrifice. It was, it's just been really difficult. We feel such a heavy burden. If you will ease that burden a little bit and just kind of throw us a bone and show us that you respect us, show us that you want good for us, we will follow you. We will be loyal to you. We will be with you, King Ray. We're not bad-mouthing your dad. We're just saying, if you could, if you could scale back a little bit on, on the workload and the taxation and whatever else, we would appreciate it so much, and we would follow you. Verse 5. Ray answered, Go away for three days and come back to me. So the people went away, which is a smart thing, right? If you've been faced with a decision that kind of came out of nowhere and someone's pressuring you for something, it's a smart thing to say, give me a couple of days. I have a gut instinct here, and my gut is usually right, but I recognize that I have some biases and some blind spots. And so I don't want to just make this a gut reaction because this is such a big deal. I'm going to take a few days. That's good. That's probably something he saw his dad do. And so it's good that he's, he's taking this step and wanting to make a good decision, it would seem. Verse 6, Then King Ray consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked the elders. They replied, If today... You will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer. They will always be your servants. Several things happening here. Did you see in these words from these elders, like the same principles that you read in like every business and management leadership book of the last 15 years, right? I mean, everything is about servant leadership and, and empowering others to be... That's exactly what they're Everyone that writes today is just ripping off the Bible in some way, shape, or form. It, it, all, it all derives from here. It really does. They're ripping off this kind of stuff. These elders from thousands of years ago are telling the king who could have them killed. They're looking at him and saying, you should be the people's servant. You should serve them. If you position yourself to serve them, they'll serve you loyally forever. Two secrets hidden in these words from the elders. One, look for the greater good. Look for the greater good. Like, ask yourself in this situation, what's, what's the greater good here? Is there a decision, is there a scenario that leads to a greater benefit than what's just for me? A bigger impact on everybody else. And the second thing that I see in those words of the elders is you look for a long-term gain. Look for the long-term gain. That, that what's my sacrifice today that might lead to a longer-term win for the greater good, right? That's what, they're, that's what they're pointing him to. That's what these elders who guided and counseled and advised his dad, Solomon, the wisest man ever to live, many say, that's what they think that he should do. But Ray, but Ray verse 8, rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who he had grown up with and who were serving him. He asked them, what is your advice, guys? 
How should we answer these people who say to me, lighten the the yoke your father has put on us? Now, historians go back and forth on whether these guys, Ray and his buddies, were like 21 or 41. Most think that they were probably like 40, 41. So it's not like these are punk 17-year-old kids, right? They're younger men to be kings and whatever, but, but they're not kids. The problem is they just have no experience. And his buddies are clingers on. I mean, they're just an entourage. They're just riding his coattails. They just are like, hey, remember, Ray, that one time when I gave you the thing at the place? You owe me for that. So, like, let me have a place in the castle. Like, you should listen to me. It's, it's, it's like that crew. And he wants to know what they think that he should do. Verse 10, the young men who had grown up with him replied, These people have said to you, your father has put a heavy burden on us, but make our yoke lighter. You should tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. In other words, I'm bigger and stronger and tougher than dad. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. He doesn't mean like an actual scorpion thing. He he means a whip with an iron sharpened head to it so that it looks like a scorpion's tail when he gets them. He's saying, I'm going to make it even worse. So this is the advice from his buddies. You lean in. You go stronger. You make it even more difficult. You show them who's boss. You show the aggressive strength that you have, dude. Verse 12. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam, Ray. As the king had said, come back to me in three days. The king answered the people harshly, rejecting the advice given to him by the elders. Instead, he followed the advice of the young men. He chose to reject the advice of the people with experience, the people who had advised under a successful king. He chose to reject the advice to be a servant leader. And he went with the advice of his punk buddies who wanted him to just exert himself as strong without respect for the impact of the greater good, how this would play out for people and for the kingdom. And as a result of this, the kingdom was divided and civil war ensued, and it was the beginning of the end. It was a short time later when both the northern and the southern kingdom were being attacked from outside forces, overwhelmed, taken over, taken into exile and captivity. I mean, it was, it was downhill from this moment because in his first big act as king, he rejected wisdom, he rejected wise counsel, and he went with what his buddies thought. And you read that, and you hear me talk about it, and you think, what an idiot, right? Who is this guy? How can, you, how can such a person be the kid of such a wise guy and then be the king and then make such a dumb decision? Why? But we do that. You do that. I've done this. Maybe not with the same stakes with castles and thrones and things. But you've done this. You've, you've ignored good advice, because it just wasn't what you wanted to hear. You've done that. I've done that. Maybe, maybe you ask different people 
for different advice based on what you think that they're going to say, right? I know what my dad is going to say about whether or not I should accept this bribe at work, but let me ask an official at FIFA. Like, let's see like, maybe <laughs> if they have a different take on this thing, right? You ask people based on the answer that you want, because ultimately, you just want to do what you want. And if you can have someone say what you want to hear, then that makes you feel better about it. It doesn't even need to necessarily be the right thing, but maybe if someone else says that it's okay, it's not that bad, right? Or maybe you're someone who asks the same question over and over again. And the person's like, oh, we've been over this. How come you haven't acted? Well, I mean, you know, maybe, you know, I'm just thinking that, like, procrastination, the situation might change a little bit and you know, it might get easier to do. We do this kind of stuff. So seek today. Seek wise counsel and then have the courage to do the right thing. The right thing is sometimes less sexy, but it's always less messy. When I was 16 years old, some of you have heard me talk about my dad wanted to make it a marker in my life, like a marker. There's so few markers in life anymore. There's some graduations from junior high or high school, but he, he wanted something to be like a marker of becoming a man, right? So he just decided it would be his 16th birthday. You're getting a driver's license. You're gaining some independence. This will be the year that we kind of celebrate you becoming a man. So he had a bunch of older people in my life that were influential write me letters. I have 30 letters from older people in my life, in a notebook, in my house right now. And he, took, he got like six or eight of them, and we went to this resort place in Palm Springs for a weekend. And it was Caleb's Becoming a Man weekend, pa passage into manhood, uh, with you know, all kinds of things that you could imagine, with just uh, you know, eight dudes in a place like this. It was when Braveheart first came out. We saw it in the theater together. We also went... We also went to a restaurant, and we sat around a table at this restaurant, and my dad didn't know how to order drinks, uh, so he asked one of the other guys to order some drinks, and all of a sudden, at 16, I'm looking around this table, and there's bottles of wine and beers that are appearing in front of everybody, and then someone passes one in front of me, and I'm like, what's happening here? Is this okay? Is there a hidden camera? And then my, and then my dad says, Caleb, don't tell your mom about this. but I want you to have your first sip of beer with these men because you're going to be pressured from this point forward. You're 16. Maybe you've already been pressured, but we know it's going to happen from this point forward. You're going to be pressured to drink. There's going to be environments and there's going to, you're going to just find yourself in a place. And, and from this day forward, I always want you to be able to look back on this moment and visualize these men and ask yourself, is this the right environment where I should have a drink? Because these are the men that are going to be your standard. These are the men that are going to share with you their experiences and their struggles with whatever, alcohol, porn, women, dating, business, you know, whatever, whatever their issues were. They're, they're going to share with you their issues. And I want you to remember this table and you decide in the future when's appropriate and when's not. And so... Thankfully, alcohol has never been a problem for me, never been an issue. I have other issues. 
But that was, that's just never been one of them. I had this etched in my mind, these men, and when was an appropriate time and not an appropriate time to drink and how I would honor this experience. Again, wisdom from God, but through these men. One of those men, his name was Chuck Scott, and two years later when I was graduating from uh, high school, I was recruited to go play volleyball at USC, and Chuck had been a star football player at Vanderbilt, and then he played in the NFL for a few years, and so I thought, who better to talk to me about going and being an athlete at a big school than this guy, right? I mean, there's some people who have a lot of opinions and who really come down on athletes and their crazy lifestyles and uh, I couldn't, can you believe, and whatever, but they've never had any access. You know what I mean? Like, it's easy to sit on the sidelines, oh, how could he? But until people have thrown stuff at you, it's a little bit of a different story. So I thought, here's a guy, Chuck, who has had everything thrown at him. How would he advise me before I end up in that kind of a situation? And I'll never forget Chuck's advice. He said, Caleb, you're going to get to SC, and because you're going to be an athlete and because you're going to have extra access, you need to, number one, before you set foot on that campus, decide who you are and what you will and won't do. Not a list of rules, not a never drink, not a don't do that. It's just before you get there, decide who you are and what you will and won't do, and then just stick to that. If you wait to decide when you're in this situation, you're going to make bad decisions because they're going to be hot and, and, and there's going to be lots of that and there's going to be there's extra of this and there's going to be all kinds of that, you know, and, and you just decide before you even get into this situation. And I'll never forget that bit of wisdom. So as you consider the voices that you listen to. I want you to think about a few things. Number one, I want you to beware of voices that fan your fears. This is in your outline if you have it. Beware of voices that fan your fears. The people, like they did to Ray, Hey, they could get out of hand. There's, there could be an uprising. You have to show yourself as strong. Do you want people to think that you're weaker than your dad? Right? They're fanning his fears and insecurities. Don't listen to advisors that poke at your fears and insecurities. As we talked about last Sunday, God, his spirit, is never whispering to you about fear. He affirms and encourages and gives strength Fear is a different kind of a whisper. That's not from God. So if people are fanning your fears and playing to your insecurities, they are not wise counsel. Don't go to them for advice. The second thing to be aware of are voices that elevate your ego. People that say, oh, you deserve, or they don't appreciate you for something, or no one will understand how this really is, and they, just, and they just boost and elevate your ego. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, no one really cares about any ego but their own. So if someone is trying to boost your ego, they've got a different end game. They see this as benefiting themselves in some way, just like Ray's buddies. The stronger our guy is, the stronger we're going to seem because we're his guys. They're not just boosting him, they're boosting themselves. And anyone who fans your fears or boosts your ego 
has their own selfish ends in mind. Instead, we want to seek out advisors who align with Scripture. 2 Timothy 3 says that all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. There's truths in Scripture that people have been building their lives off of for generations and generations. Like we talked about in the very first week, there's context and there's things about Scripture that we need to understand, yes. But there are also principles in these stories and, and the truths of God that are as relevant today as they have ever been. And a wise counselor is going to align their advice with the truths of God and with Scripture. The second thing is to seek out advisors who encourage wisdom. One of the things that, we've, that we say around here is that in light of my past experiences, this is wisdom, in light of my past experiences, my present circumstances, and future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing for me to do? I got that, that's the most wise question that you can ask yourself. In light of my past my present, my future. What's the wise thing for me to do? Find advisors that help you answer that question because then they really want good for you. So at the same time where Chuck was giving me that advice before I went to USC, my best friend at the time was getting recruited to go play football at uh, Colorado. And he, he said, uh, I told him about what Chuck had told me. I said, dude, Chuck, you know, the guy who played for the Rams and stuff, he's like, he said that I should know who I am and what I will and won't do before I get on the campus. And my buddy, my buddy was like, yeah, that's cool. That sounds like good advice. He goes, but I've been thinking, and I think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm not going to do anything crazy, but I'm just going to, like, test the waters a little bit. Like, I'm just going to stick my toe in. I'm not going to go, you know, you know me. I'm not going to do anything too dumb. I'm just going to test the waters a little bit. My buddy had a disastrous freshman year. He, he, he went crazy, and, and he didn't do well in school, and he made all kinds of decisions. And it's not a judgment on my part. We're not condemning that. We've all been there. We've all made terrible decisions. But he would tell you, as he told me, that he regrets it, that he would do it differently. He wished he didn't waste that year and have to take some classes over again and some other consequences that came along with that year because he rejected the wise counsel of someone who had been there. And he just wanted to test the waters and, and see for himself. So seek out advisors who align with Scripture, who encourage wisdom, and who engage honestly and selflessly. Talk to people who have already had experiences, not people are, who are looking to have experiences through you. You know what I mean? Talk to people who have been there and lived through it and have made good choices since, who, who don't have a selfish end game in mind. Consider this verse from 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. When you walk away from a good advisor, counselor, friend, you should feel encouraged and built up. If you feel something less, then it's probably not a great advisor. The last thing to look for when you're seeking advice is someone who leaves you with peace and not panic. P 
peace, not because the decision that you have to make is easy, but because you know somewhere inside you that it's right. Because, because God's spirit is affirming whatever it is that he's speaking through this person and inside it just feels like, yep, yep, I know what I got to do. If you walk away from an encounter with an advisor and you feel more panicked, like, oh, ah, yeah, it's probably not someone who's aligning with what God's saying if it doesn't lead to peace in your own spirit. Remember, it's not a question of whether or not God speaks. It's not a question of whether or not God's speaking to you. The question is, are you listening? And are you willing to listen to wisdom from others? And are you actively seeking it out? Because if you don't, you'll just stumble upon whoever will, wants to say something to you. You'll just stumble on people that have opinions. You want wise counsel. You want good advice. You want, ultimately, for God to speak to you. And if you're willing to receive it from someone else with wisdom and experience, he will. He'll speak to you. But it's, an important, it's important to remember, it's ultimately God who you're putting your trust in, not this person. It's ultimately God that you want to hear from, not just a person. Now, he'll speak through the people, and we want to seek them out. But let's just, back to where we started, recognize, ultimately, we just want to hear from him. And when you do, will you have the courage to respond? Let's finish with this last verse. Psalm 25.5 says, Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you, my God, my Savior, you are my God and my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. God, we want your guidance. We want your wisdom. We invite you to speak to us as we trust you.